Welcome to Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces. I'm your host, Cassiopeia. You can find new episodes every Friday available on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe through Anchor or sign up on the Patreon page, both links are in the bio, for access to bonus episodes, early episode plays, and more. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at creepycases.spookyspaces for all news and updates. Due to the graphic nature of some of the cases and spaces featured on this show, listener discretion is advised. Hey, creepy spooks. Welcome to this week's episode of Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces with Cassie Opea. Um, I'm actually really excited to tell you about this week's spooky space, as this location has actually been on my list of places to visit before I kick the bucket um, for quite some time. And it's actually not even that far away from where I live, so I'm, you know, kind of kicking my own bucket um, for not going and visiting sooner. Um, And I guess I just need to take more adventures. Um, But yeah, so uh, let's get started. Um, actually, before I start, I kind of want to give a little bit of a disclaimer. This episode does mention death by suicide. I am in no way promoting or glorifying suicide in any way. I'm just simply stating the facts that transpired in this week's spooky space. So, originally built in West Palm Beach, Florida, in 1905, this Edwardian home, originally known as Gatekeeper's Cottage, as it was home to the groundskeepers of Woodlawn Cemetery, and it actually began as a funeral parlor. Now, by 1920, it was the residence of Carl Riddle, a city manager and superintendent of West Palm Beach. Now, The home has such a well-known history that when it was due to be demolished, they actually agreed to have it dismantled and moved to Yesteryear Village, which is a historical park located in the South Florida Fairgrounds, where it's actually a permanent attraction now. And of course, the name itself shows mystery and is quite intriguing, and it draws people from all over. This week's spooky space is the Riddle House. So... The Riddle House was built by some of Henry Flagler's hotel construction workers, and they began construction July 1st, 1905, using leftover wood. And the home was nicknamed the Painted Lady because of its bright colors. 
and it actually originally sat across the Dixie Highway from Woodlawn Cemetery. And at the time, grave robbing was quite high, so the groundskeepers would keep watch over the graves and report any suspicious activities. And so it actually then took on the name The Gatekeeper's Cottage. In 1914, the home was purchased by the West Palm Beach government and became known as the City House. Until Carl Riddle, the first city manager and superintendent of public works, and who's actually the namesake of the house, purchased it and converted it into a private residence in 1920. It wasn't long after Carl began detecting strange activities, and he actually detailed many, many of these incidents in his diary, which I have been searching um, to see if I can find his journal because I really want to read these um, uh, encounters. Um, I think it'd be pretty cool to like read it in his own words. The Riddle family moved out of the home in 1923 when it was reclaimed by the city and became a temporary residence for city employees. Mary Ann Hayes purchased the Riddle home in 1972 for only $21,000, which I wish I could get a home as nice as the Riddle house for $21,000. Um... And she actually converted it into an art school called the Flagler Arts Center. And then in the 1980s, the Palm Beach Atlantic College purchased the Riddle House and used it as a dormitory for several years until the expansion of the school. Now, when the house was scheduled to be demolished, John Riddle, who was Carl's nephew, asked... um, that the home be donated to the yesteryear village where he served as the chairman of the committee because he didn't want to see the home demolished. And the Palm Beach Academy or the Palm Beach Atlantic College obliged. After it was estimated to be a $50,000 relocation, John was able to recruit 60 volunteers and after a $450,000 historical grant, the home was dismantled um, where they took the attic and along with the first and second floors, split them into two and they, um, between August 12th and August 13th, 1995, they relocated the homes to the Yesteryear Village. And they actually also restored the home to its 1920s appearance. We'll return to our spooky space after a few words from our sponsors. Shh! Do you smell that? The fairies must be whipping up something amazing over at the Wiccan Fae Candle Nook. The custom layered candles are a must for all candle lovers. With your choice of three scents, you can create your very own garden soiree or Sunday yummy Sunday. 
with names like Bitch Slap Blue, Chill the Fuck Out, and even the new Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces scent line, you are bound to find something for everyone. So right now, when you mention the code Creepy Spooky, you'll get 10% off your first order. So head on over to pizzaandpigtails.com and click the shop link up in the left-hand corner and get your very own Wiccan Fae candles today. So, as you heard in the previous segment, the home has changed hands many times before it found its permanent home in yesteryear. Just about everyone who resided in the home or even visited said that it holds a very ominous feeling, and the relocation did nothing to stop this or the paranormal activity. If anything, it seems to have made it even stronger. Orbs have been reported, unexplained changes in temperature, anomalous streaks of energy are seen, and maybe it's that the spirits loved the home so much they weren't happy with the new resting place. Workers actually reported tools being thrown from the attic window, ladders being knocked down or moved completely to other areas, and even windows were shattered for what seemed to be no reason. When the home was still pretty new, it had its first death. One of the groundskeepers, who I could only find known as Buck, was involved in an altercation in town, and after it spun out of control, he was killed. It seems that his spirit returned to wander the cemetery grounds, and he was even seen walking the house and on the porch of the cottage where cemetery workers would often take their lunch. Now, I actually wonder if this is one of the spirits that Carl Riddle would encounter and um, wrote about in his diary. During the time the Riddle family resided in the home, the Depression era had hit, and another cemetery groundskeeper named Joseph fell into financial despair. He became rather despondent and detached from his family, and his hardship became so overwhelming that he saw no other way out. One day, he showed up for work, made his way to the attic, and hung himself from the rafters. His spirit is actually the most well-known around the Riddle House. He's often seen in the attic window, People have heard murmurs and whispers in the attic while it's empty, and chains can be heard rattling on the attic stairs. It's actually been said that this entity does not like males, to the point that the ghostly encounters have actually turned physical and even quite dangerous. Carpenter Steve Carr stated that he would never go into the Riddle House again during a phone interview, 
and he told about an encounter where he was performing restoration work on the first floor room when a lid from an iron pot lifted three feet off its base, flew across the room, and hit him in the head. And he didn't see it, but the worker who actually dragged his unconscious body outside did. After that, male security, staff, and visitors are prohibited from visiting the attic. In 2003, Jack Rodriguez saw the head and torso of a black-suited man with a noose around his neck and the other end attached to an attic beam in the window peering down at him. Now, his apparition can sometimes be seen wandering the village grounds, and he's been known to pull hair and throw things. When the home was rebuilt, they held a gathering for the community as a grand welcome to this new addition to Yesteryear Village. And during the festivities throughout the night, multiple guests saw a strange couple who were dressed in clothing from the early 20th century. And people actually coined them to just being actors and even commented on how great they look. And they just seemed to vanish abruptly. When they unveiled some of the older photos and original photos from when the house was originally built, the couple was actually seen in, a fo- in one of those photos. Now, another story tells of a conversation between a parapsychologist and the spirit of a man who hung himself in the attic after he, quote-unquote, took the fall for a crime he didn't commit, which involved financial wrongdoings with Flagler funds. And I wonder if this is the same spirit that we heard about Joseph before. One visitor who was on a private tour of the home was actually struck in the head by a piece of wood that appeared out of nowhere on the staircase. A maintenance worker was attacked by an unseen entity while cleaning up and also, like quite a few others, refuses to enter the home ever again. Some say that they just avoid the home altogether and will actually cross the street as to not walk directly in front of it. One visitor said that they unintentionally leaned against the attic door and heard something thrown on the other side. Another visitor reported that they were the only people at yesteryear during their trip and the house was locked, so they had to wait while one of the volunteers ran to get the key to open it up. And the um, visitor, along with their daughter, saw a figure wearing a white dress in the upstairs window. People have reported phantom lights moving around the area of the home and even orbs going back and forth between the Riddle House and the house right across from it. A female in a white period dress is often seen wandering around with a white Afghan dog. And I wonder, is it the same woman from the window um, that the guest, that the visitor reported before? Sheila Powell, 
a psychic medium who visited the home during an episode of Ghost Adventures said that Joseph has taken ownership and doesn't like it that it was moved. She also picked up on sadness and anger in the kids' room where a very heated argument once took place. Jennifer, a curator of the home, stated that she was vacuuming and cleaning up when a chair behind her moved. And she also tells that sometime after Joseph hanged himself, the beams that he used mysteriously caught fire. And one time while working in the attic, 1920s music began playing, but she couldn't find a source as to where it was coming from. And when she would step outside, it was completely silent. She could no longer hear that music playing. So the Riddle House um, is located at 9067 Southern Boulevard in West Palm Beach, Florida, 33411. And they actually do, it's in the yesteryear village. And you can actually go and visit and do tours. And they have some other, um, some cool sites um, on site and um you can actually do i believe they do paranormal tours as well but they are separate and they do a really big cool kind of gathering in october and so i might add that to um my list of activities i want to do um i'm definitely going to go visit this home though um but tell me your thoughts about the riddle house have you visited if you have please 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 send me a message and tell me um, all about it. Uh, you can message me directly through the Anchor website here. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram for all updates as well. And you can send me a message there, creepycases.spookyspaces. Or you can send me an email, creepycases.spookyspaces at gmail.com. I always love it when people join in on the conversation. Um, but yeah, so tell me if you've ever visited um, or give me your thoughts about the spirits and the paranormal activity in the area. And that's all I have for you this week. Uh, this coming week will be our uh, Tuesday episode will be for subscribers to the Inker website or the Patreon page. So make sure that you sign up to be a subscriber so you can get access to that bonus content and also early access to next week's episode as well, um, the Friday episode. So I guess until next crime. Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces is a Pizza and Pigtails production. Writing, recording, and editing done by yours truly, along with Pizza and Pigtails Productions. You can find new episodes every Friday with bonus episodes coming out every other Tuesday. Follow along on Facebook and Instagram at creepycases.spookyspaces for all future news and updates. Don't forget to subscribe to Patreon or Anchor for access to bonus episodes, early access to episodes, and much more.
And if you have a creepy case or a spooky space that you would like featured on the podcast, shoot me an email at creepycases.spookyspaces at gmail.com.